So everybody, obviously the world is operating a little bit differently as the time we record this. And a lot of people are at home. A lot of people are uh, venturing out only when they need to. A lot of people now have an opportunity to be creative or think about their life in a different way, either by, you know, because they have to, or, you know, you have an opportunity now to do it. So what Josh and I are talking about today is probably um, reimagining the kind of work that you do. Uh, I think the first topic we'll talk about is, Josh, asynchronous, synchronous work. Yeah, it's a good one. Let's do that. Think on this as we launch out onto the loop and discuss uh, reimagining your work today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. We share conversations with you that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. If you want to receive updates when new content is available, and we are, we are hoping that you do, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. We appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with your friends and with us as we explore topics together. And you can always find us on curiositycontinuum.com and social media. Forward to hearing from you soon. We just jump right into it. As the world now, as other nations around the world are looking at how we address COVID-19, which is a very uh, now topic, we're living in very strange history days right now, don't you think, Josh? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we've lived through strange history days, and now we're living through some more, so yeah. <laughs> when you thought it couldn't get any stranger, and here it goes. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Who knew, exactly. Who knew Monty Python would be you know, prophetic in their, uh, <laughs> their content how many years ago? Let's talk about this because depending on what situations you find yourself in right now, people are looking at it from their perspective, like right. the how they're inconvenienced or they can't do this or they can't, you know, making it very like me centered. Really, the, the goal here, like what we always try to do on the podcast is make it so you can see it from somebody else's perspective. Exactly. And I mean, we live in a very me centered society. You know, you want your food, you want it now, you want... um you know, you want to go to the store, you want to get it now, you want to order on Amazon and you want it later that day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's just not happening right now. And I think it starts bringing into perspective some of the what is actually important. It does. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes right now. Now, you know, look, I'll be honest, as this thing began to ramp up, I was really considering like, you know, what are the ramifications of it for my family? You know, because right. everybody's generally healthy in my family. And, you know, my stepdad has uh, some limited lung capacity, so he's actually was one of the first ones in my family to say like, hey, that I'm, I'm, you know, have a closer relationship with to say, hey, he's going to start socially distancing. And I'm like, you know, that brings into perspective because he's in his 70s and he has the, the type of health conditions that would actually be not, you know, beneficial to going out and just doing what he's always done. Right. I think everyone thinks about like that. The first time whenever you hear something, it is about how does this affect you? And if it doesn't affect your immediate circle like your immediate family or your immediate people you have contact with every day. I think sometimes we as a society and even as people just kind of put it out of our mind until you do hear something like Brian, you know, for example, because his father-in-law or uh, not a father-in-law, I'm sorry, stepdad. But my, like, for example, my wife, she has a severe asthma, asthma. So, yeah, I mean, we're in the same kind of boat. We're always kind of on guard during flu season anyway. So now we're just taking it another step further, pretty much. There's seen a lot of comments also where, Oh, you're just being fearful if you're being prudent. And that's not the case. You can be prudent 
And it doesn't mean that you are uh, all of a sudden like operating out of a place of fear. It means that you're being circumspect and considerate about others around you, right? And yeah, when you see this also too, and what's been talking about now is like what type of um, bailout are the big companies going to get, you know, and that becomes a very political conversation also. But let's, let's take it to the small business owner. Uh, I'm a small business owner myself. And, you know, when you can't go and, and invoice or go do something and you kind of are required to be in the room to work through like things like that, not everything can be done on Zoom. Not everything can be done like remotely. And that's where we're now we're seeing the ramifications of living in an analog world, even though there's many digital mechanisms. I think people are going to be impacted unevenly by this whole thing. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think, too, like you're saying, you're seeing the impact of, a, you know, the analog thing on the digital world or how the digital world is going to adapt. And that's kind of the, the thing I think you got to look at. It's going to be eye opening and it is eye opening to people how much of our world we still want to interact with one on one or being in the room with somebody, even though we can use technology. Like we have a uh, Brian and I have a close friend who like thrives on going out with his friends and, you know, going to, you know, going to work out and all that stuff. And now he can't. And so you're finding really quickly that we really enjoy those things in life. Yeah. And it's a necessary thing. What this is doing is putting the, the real world realities into something that's colliding with the digital world, like where we, we have this idea that everything is just easily accessible just because it is. And it's not true. There's been a lot of conveniences that being in the Western world were afforded. But again, it's not an even curve. Um, you know, I have uh, friends who are restaurant owners and it's a big hit for them right now. I mean, so I, it's a big deal. I mean, this is a lot of revenue that comes on and not just for the business, but then also for the people that they employ. They employ a whole lot of people. These are folks that aren't like, hey, you know, I got my my quarter million just st stashed away in the bank right now, you know, or like my house is paid for. Right. Like, these are folks that are paying rent. These are folks that are, you know, putting their children to school the best they're, they can. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Now, you could easily come back and say, well, why don't people save? The right answer to save, yes, but it's it's very tone deaf to actually the logistical needs of, of a family in a, in a given day, week, month. Right. And I mean, just like today, Brian, That's and true. So there's a lot of people that are going to be struggling. And I know... And it is that conversation like, well, why don't they save? And obviously that is the right answer, the right question to ask, but maybe not right now, because it doesn't take away from the reality of in three to four weeks from now. Let's say this whole thing blows over in three to four weeks or six weeks. Well, these people still haven't paid rent for a month. <laughs> you know, yeah. things start happening when you stop paying on stuff. Yep. And if you, you know, it's and if it you have, starts triggering, if yeah. you've uh, if you're renting, like I am currently right now, you know, and so you know, my particular situation, uh, I, I live. I'm very fortunate to live on a, a piece of property where it's been part of a family for a long time, and so you know, we I could easily walk over if I needed to and probably work out something, just because like I know that the the entire place is paid for as far as the grand everything you know, to that extent. And so I have a little bit more flexibility, but for some landlords and people who have rental properties, like they have a note to pay and the bank still needs the payment versus. So there's a lot of like domino effects that happen along the way when people have to start making decisions. Do I feed my family or do I pay my rent? I mean, th those are things that it has a chain reaction effect all the way down the line. Right. And these are like real problems that, you know, people are going to be dealing with over the next uh, few weeks or months really to come because we don't really know the full fallout of all this yet so i think what brian and i wanted to t 
touchback on today. I was just giving you guys a little context into what we're talking about. And so some of the jobs which you can do at home, or you can, like uh, a IT job, for example, or all you need is a command line and an internet connection, <laughs> and you know, good. and you can do you can do your you can do your job. And so I think Brian and I wanted to talk a little bit about like asynchronous and synchronous work. And how that uh, I think we feel how that's kind of being integrated into the economy at kind of like a fast pace because of necessity. We're yeah, we're at a, an excellent spot where if you've done things the way you've always done them and expected them to work the way they've always worked, we are now living in a very prime <laughs> time where you're realizing this crap doesn't work the same way that it used to. And that's a great right. opportunity also to say, how can I make this work? That means that you're going to lean back into the, you know, the active part of your brain to problem solve and to be creative and think of alternate ways to do your business, right? If you serve customers, how to serve your customers. Uh, for a lot of creative folks, I have musician friends that are now they're like, you know what, maybe I can go create in the studio for something. They're taking the moment right now to pivot and to do something meaningful and useful for uh, themselves and for their families and for their businesses. Let's talk about the synchronous work, Josh. So obviously there are some things that you have to do in real time. If you're a surgeon right. working on somebody in the operating room, the, the nurse can't come three hours later and like finish their task. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. There's right. A, there's a clear present thing to do. And yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that, and that's another interesting conversation because with the advent of like distance medicine and um, even surgery now through robots, you know, where a surgeon doesn't have to be in the same room. So it would it's an interesting conversation to have, definitely. But I think we're trying to touch base more with anything in a lot of technology fields. If you're working and you don't have, you know, you want to be working synchronously with your people, you kind of have to be in the same room or at least in the same environment, right, Brian? Yeah, or, you know, at least be on the clock at the same time. Say, hey, I'm going to talk to you about right. XYZ. So the, the, the best way for people, w whether uh, or not you're in a uh, job that does this, is basically a meeting. You know, if you're going to meet with somebody. You've got to be there with, you got to be in the meeting. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of times people do a lot of schedule coordination to do. Now, we've all seen the funny memes probably go around like, you know, this was a five-hour meeting that could have been like a two-minute email. And that's true in some cases. There's still things to be said about gathering together, but let's talk about the, the ways you asynchronously, asynchronously communicate because we all communicate differently. Some people are very comfortable talking in real time and just talking off the top of their head. Other people want to sit and think about what they want to say, and they're very thoughtful when they say it. We also live in the age now where you could easily, like if Josh wanted to send me an audio message, I think that'd be a great way to communicate. We do that from time to time. Or if I wanted to send a, a message back and forth, you know, as long as it's captured somewhere, you know, there's flexibility for people to communicate that, that still gets the point across and lets everything move forward. Yeah. And I mean, like asynchronous uh, messaging, think about a text message, an email. Those are all asynchronous. You create the message, send it to somebody, and they don't have to respond right away. They could let that text message or email sit there for a week or two. You know, even if you click a little urgent thing, you know that they can let it sit there. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I know that a lot of people for their works, they see, you know, for how they work, they see that. But it is really asynchronous work. It's not work that has to be performed at the same time. And that's where I think we've made value judgments about things in our life, personal or professional, to say like, well, this has to happen at the same time. It's like, well, what if it didn't have to? You know, what if right. this was okay if it wasn't that? But what it's going to require you to do is probably make everything that 
what you've made a golden goose in your life in some way and decided not to disrupt it and say it's time to touch it and see what we can do to actually make this better or make it different. You know, the realities are too, like when we look at where we are today, it's not going to go back to quote normal overnight. There's going to be ramifications that will probably have to be worked out over the course of months to be able to figure out what this thing is. And so the question is, and the challenge is, are you brave enough to look at things that you've held as this is the ways that I uh, want to do my life and rather than scrambling to try to get back to normal, have you actually thought of the alternate ways of how you can live a thriving, wonderful, professional, personal experience in a different format? Right. And, uh, and instead of that craving of the quote unquote normalcy, I would like really encourage people to say like, what is normal? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, what is that? Is that even... Is that even something worth talking about anymore? You know, I, I don't think it is really. I mean, I think normal for one person can be totally not normal for another person. And that's OK. I think we've seen that even, Josh. Um, my children now are out of school until, uh, you know, further notice, just like many. And right. I know the school is trying to put together a plan to like have people, you know, distance education or stuff like that. Now, we homeschooled for a lot of years. So we're familiar more with kind of the cadence of what that is. There's just su such right. unfamiliarity with, with those things that people have to, to go, okay, there's enough disruption now to make them try to think. What happens probably is that some people are just clamping down so they can just bear through it to get back to whatever they had. What they, what they had. I mean, think about if something like this happened when we were kids, we wouldn't have been able to do the distance learning thing. No way. Your teacher would, your teacher would have had to call you up and say, well, do you have, you know, do this lesson plan, this, this, that. No, it wouldn't work. No. Mm -mm. You know, it just doesn't work. And you might not have the books. Now these, I mean, I'm floored when I see how kids learn today where they have their books on their iPads and it's all electronic and, you know, they can be updated in real time. They can, the teacher can point things out. They can do lesson plans online. They can, you know, it's all like very interesting to me because I did not learn that way. Right. And it's, to me, it was almost like, they flipped a switch and it all of a sudden happened, even though I know it didn't happen that way. <laughs> it's just that I don't have children of my own, so I didn't see the evolution of it. And it's it's come differently over time. I mean, like there's been a lot of other homeschool things. I've done like video courses and learning and stuff like that. And it's, you've kind of watched that. Uh, there's a some homeschool curriculum. It's all videos. It wasn't actually like a classroom. It was like a recording of a classroom, which got sent out, you know? Right. So here's, Josh, here's the interesting thing too. Like we've talked about people who are really good at just executing something. And then there are those who actually, in a situation, you want them because they have wherewithal to kind of problem solve on the spot. And we're entering a phase right now where you're actually looking to the people who aren't necessarily the deep specialists, but people who actually think broadly and are willing to like throw away something that is not as important as it needs to be and reconfigure the ship however they need to. Right, right. Somebody that can you know reconfigure the ship while it's in midair because that's kind of what we need right now is that kind of jack of all trades person who can look at something, look at the end goal. And even though the middle is different, let's figure out how we get there. Yep. And there, and that's what we're doing right now. I mean, that's what the education system is doing. Mm -hmm. These kids are sitting at home and some of them, you know, they're looking through a very real possibility. They're not going to go back this year. So how do they not lose a year of education? Mm -hmm. It's you the, know? it's the understanding that you learn wherever. You know, when, right. when Josh and I learning were, is not a place so much, right. Get everybody caught up back in time. So we built the, our first spud gun, <laughs> Josh and myself and our friends, Will and Eric, and we took time after our senior year 
to put this thing together and you know we have some video footage of it somewhere which we may share at, at some future date if we can get our hands on it <laughs> <laughs> but we uh yeah you know that was done in that age and that so when my son of last year had to come up with his science for project he's like hey would you like to recreate something like this but make it even better than what we did he learned so much in that process he's learned how, like he actually likes how things work how they actually uh, could work you know what if i tore this apart the thing he's realizing also too is that like inventions and innovations don't have to be complicated because you can take all the stem classes you want which is now steam which are, they're trying to fold art in which is that's another topic for just a moment i guess it's like, well, this has to be really complicated. It's like, no, it doesn't. It no. actually doesn't have to be complicated. And I think one of my favorite stories about that is the pencil and the eraser. That there was a time when pencils were just pencils and erasers were just erasers. And somebody said, you know what? I'm going to put the, pe- the eraser on the pencil. <laughs> yep. That is a super simple idea. Yeah. But a revolutionary train of thought. Because he took some two things that were familiar that that person did not create either. And just say, well, oh, put it together. One of, I have I have some favorite games like on my phone, and they're the alchemy games where it's like here's four elements and however you put it together now you can create like a thousand different things, you know some of it it was like people had to say oh, you put air plus water that's steam, those are really fun because like you have a finite set of things and but like look at all the different things you can do with it it's a fun way to kind of explore that's what games did when we, we spent time together it wasn't that we knew where we were going in the game fully in the middle, but when right. the problems presented. Uh, it was really good. And look, <laughs> I was, I learned everything I learned from gaming. I learned from Josh LeGrew, which is 98% true because <laughs> he he brought me down the rabbit hole to be able to do that stuff. But seriously, I loved playing with Josh on those games because we could solve problems together. Uh, right. There's a, there's a specific one. There's a game called King's Quest six that came out and Josh had the, the awesome computer where it was all set up. He had uh, in his dad's office. We could go and play video, uh, the computer games, and I still remember the smell of the room and the the sound of the discs booting up and everything. And you know, it's <laughs> ingrained. The musty man smell of sweat. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> that... <laughs> and an old house. You know, uh, yeah. there was a, a puzzle that we had to do in the catacombs of that game, and you know, Josh had. I came over to Josh's house and he was trying to figure it out, and then we were saying, "Well, what can we do?" And I actually looked in the instruction manual. And I found a little passage where it actually told you how to get through. It's like, that's what it is, man. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yep. and then we walked through and it solved the problem. But it's the, it's the power of being able to, um, to work together. You know, at that time we were together. But, uh, you know, other times too, it's like, hey, if we could call each other now and say, well, I'm stuck on this part. Could you help me? It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And right. um, that kind of thing. So, Josh, where, do we want to land the plane here on anything? I think, I think we've landed a plane on several things. So I'm thinking if we just let people kind of stew with this and this is a little longer than i think we normally go i think it's a good spot to kind of just say we're, we're you know think about what we've just talked about and put some legs to your creativity so yeah. until next time this is brian and this is josh for curiosity continuum Thank you.